Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's four o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Alex Singleton representing on Sunday Night Football, who did and didn't show up on Sunday. A very interesting conversation. I think we can safely say the NFC East is bad and the Miami Heat are back-ish. It is to tell Nuan as 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some time with us, letting us roll along with you on your radios, on your TVs across the state, or on your devices, as the case may be. If you'd like to listen live, you can go online, 1029ESPN.com. You can stream the show anytime you would. Well, you can stream the show when it's on. You can stream the station anytime you would like, live all the time. The stream is available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. The phone number, 361-3688, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Again, you can go ahead and 
text us on that phone number as well. You want to send a text, get involved that way, 361-3688. Let's see what we have in the show today. First of all, we're going to go around the FCS. North Dakota State played their one and only game of the fall against Central Arkansas. More competitive than I think a lot of people thought it would be, uh, although it is, you know, the one game you've played, not even like you got to really get into anything. So, so, But North Dakota State winning that game 39-28 over Central Arkansas, although they were down in the fourth quarter in that game where the Bison uh, for a little while. And, yes, uh, a big play last night on uh, Sunday Night Football from uh, Alex Singleton, linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, former Montana State football player, getting a pick six and promptly benching, what's his name, Mullins? Nick, what's his name? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins? Yep. I mean, that is a hook of hooks. You threw that ball, you can't play here. See ya. Have a seat. Anyway, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, 0-2-1 coming into that game, having tied Cincinnati. They win last night over just, you know, just the absolute JV team of the San Francisco 49ers to go to 1-2-1. and And you know what they are? First place. The division leaders. That's exactly right. Unbelievable. We're going to get into some actually good football, which happened around the state of Montana at the high school level. Some big, big matchups this weekend at AA level. The Crosstown Billings matchup between West and Senior, which wasn't actually all that competitive. West blowing out Senior, but the top two teams probably in the East uh, going at it there. So that is a surprising outcome as well. And Florence. How about Florence going on the road, getting it done against uh, Eureka, the the, the They've won the state championship, the Eureka Lions, three of the last four seasons. And then Florence goes up and gets it done. They're now 5-1 and one on the season. And uh, quick spoiler alert, not even a spoiler, just a tease. We will have Pat Duchesne, the head coach of the Florence Falcons, on for you tomorrow on the show. So we will uh, get to that. Top of the hour, we'll get into the NFL. Bill O'Brien fired today out as the uh, head coach and GM of the 0-4 Houston Texans. The only thing that's surprising and that it took this long. Uh, so we'll get into that. And also the Seattle Seahawks, they are forward. Oh, a very different game against the Miami Dolphins than I think a lot of people expected, although they did ultimately get to 31 points uh, in the contest. But uh, a win for the Seahawks nonetheless, and we'll get into some NFL stuff. And how about the Miami Heat? Absolutely had to have it. And who showed up? Jimmy Butler showed up last night for the Miami Heat. And you know who did not show up for the Lakers? Other than everybody, notably Anthony Davis, was nowhere to be found last night. So we will get into uh, that. And then it's Monday Night Football doubleheader. How about that? We got Chiefs-Patriots top of the hour, 7 o'clock, the Falcons and the Green Bay Packers. So there you go. That is the show today. Hi, Coulter. What's up, Gus? Nice to see you. Excellent weekend. And uh, I know that for a fact because we spent some of it, you know, in each other's company, linked up, talking, seeing what's going on. Nice to see you in here. Go ahead. What do you got for us? <laughs> um, man, I mean, I have so many things. I, well, I got to say, I know we're going to get around back to this, but it was very cool to see Alex Singleton score a touchdown. I know a lot of people that listen to the show are fierce Montana Grizzlies fans. There's a lot of people that are Montana State Bobcat fans. There's a lot of people that just love the state of Montana, but... Right now, we're in a unique point, at least in the history, my history of covering Big Sky Conference and FCS football, and the fact that Alex Singleton is the only player from a Montana school, Montana or Montana State. In the league. That's in the league. Yeah. If you like stories of perseverance, you like kids that come from good families, and uh, they, they overcome 
because of it means something more than to just them. It means something to their families. Mm-hmm. It was a cool moment, man. Like when I first launched my Bobcat website that then turned into Skyline Sports, Steve Singleton, Alex's dad, was our very first subscriber. And he's written me cards thanking him for covering Alex. Alex's sister is like one of the greatest Special Olympians in the world. I guarantee you she was the happiest person in the world. No question. Watching him yep. return that ball for a touchdown. But that's the first time that a Montana State Bobcat has scored a touchdown in the NFL since 1996. That's Ooh. a huge deal, man. This kid went from NFL practice squad to the CFL and then bet on himself to come back to the NFL. Now he's starting. I know the mm-hmm. Eagles have struggled early, but he's making plays, man, and that's cool. It's cool for the state of Montana. It's it's absolutely cool. It's it's very cool. And I, I, I think, too, I think this is still true. I hope this is still true. When Montana and Montana State are playing each other, regardless of sport, as you know, whenever it happens, it is an absolute rivalry, and there is you know disgust and disdain. And as long as it's within a sports context that's held for the other party, wonderful. I'm all for it. Stoke the fire. Do you know all about it? But also, Montanans are for Montanans in general. And uh, whenever, you know, somebody represents for the state, I mean, I'm sitting there screaming at Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth because they're shouting out Calgary, Canada all night long, you know, and for, you know, okay, rightfully so, he's the MVP of the CFL, but, you know, let's get a little love for the truth here. Montana kid who did this thing. Do you want to stay here? Do you want to go to NDSU? No, shoot, let's stay Uh, here. We'll stay here for a minute. Okay. This was actually a great hypothetical. Shout out to Montana State Sports Information Director Bill Laverty. Text me this morning. Bill always has great hypotheticals. Yes, but, he but, does. but he says he says to me because he knows I've covered that program for ten years, and that's yeah. how we've become good friends. Yeah. But he uh, he says to me, imagine if the previous coaching staff that preceded Jeff Choate at Montana State would have not pulled Alex Singleton's red shirt when he was a f- freshman. Alex Singleton was redshirting for like half the year, and then he got his redshirt pulled, mm. and he played on kick teams and was a backup linebacker. Jody Owens, who was ahead of Alex Singleton at that moment on the depth chart, who then went on to become the big side defensive player of the yeah, year. Yeah, great player. He he was struggling with a, like a minor injury, so they needed a guy ready. So Singleton was getting some reps in games, and he was covering kicks, and they won a league title. So you know, anytime you burn a redshirt, it's not a burn redshirt. If the guy contributed, like really played real downs, yeah. Then it's good. And then the next year when Jody Owens got hurt in the playoffs, then Alex Singleton had a coming out party. He had like three or four tackles for loss in the playoff game against Stony Brook. And everybody's like, well, man, we're going to be all right after Jody Owens graduates. And then they were. Alex Singleton, (laughs) this is a total tangent, but you talk about guys when I I want to just say he was a first team all big sky guy because how is he not? Mm -hmm. Because he's the best linebacker in the league when he's playing the league. But because the league is just so dumb in the way that they do. They're all league voting. I mean, dude, the guy had 120 tackles and like 20 tackles for loss. I mean, he had one of the greatest single seasons in the history of Montana State football when he was a senior. Regardless, the point is, he was the heart and soul and the best defensive player on the 2014 Cats, but that could have been his Red Shirt junior year. Right. We all know what happened. That 2014 Cats, which was like the reiteration of the Bobcats, they had the three straight league titles. Mm-hmm. That whole group that included Denarius McGee and Cody Kirk and Tanner Blusk and Brad Daly, they graduated. They remade themselves. They decided to run, you know, basically the the Chip Kelly Oregon spread at a breakneck pace, and they're leading the country in scoring. Dakota Prukops lighting the FCS on fire, but the defense is losing its traction, losing its traction. Well, this comes to one of the ugliest, at least in on-field performances, heads I've ever seen with a team leading the country in scoring per game, points per game, leading the nation, and going five and six because they literally could not stop anybody. Yeah. 
you have to think if you had the surest tackler in the league on that team, they would at least be a little bit better. It's a different story. So then the whole thing is what happens at Montana State Athletics because you're talking about Rob Ash gets unceremoniously fired even though he's been to the playoffs for the last five years. He's the all-time winner in school history and yeah. wins, yeah. and he's shown the door abruptly. And now here we are retrospectively, it looks like he was the right choice because Jeff Choate has reinvigorated the upward momentum. They're raising money. They're building facilities. They're in the playoffs. But they still haven't won a Big Sky title under Jeff Choate. Right. But then you also talk about everything that happened in that moment in time. Brian Fish was hired during that moment in time, and it was such a secondary thing because everybody was so caught up in football. I think think basketball just has a different imprint on it no matter what, even if Fish is hired or not, if the coaching staff for the football team – is maintained. There's just so many different dominoes that fell. I mean, Peter Fields, the old athletic director, he ends up getting his contract now renewed. It's just amazing to think that one decision on one player in the consummate team sport could have had such a huge impact. The butterfly effect, Coulter. It the is. forking rivers of possibility. Okay. But it, it is one of the most profound butterfly effects you could think of, though, because it's more than a lot of other what-ifs, only because the Cats... Like they were just so bad on defense in 2015. One player really would made would have made the difference. Uh, it was it was a great moment for Alex Singleton. It was it's hilarious. I mean, if you if you're watching this and you got no connection to anybody, you just go, how is that even possible? Just how bad the pick was. Just how I mean. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean. We're not trying to, to downplay the fact that uh, hey, you're there. You a, made the play, a big but... sky guy scored a touchdown, but like. He was just standing there. <laughs> I mean, he, do, he does the thing where he sees its pass. He drops, you know, outside, 45-degree angle towards the sideline, and then and then Mullins threw him the football, which was a kind thing, and that may be the last football that Mullins throws in the league based on what we saw happen and what C.J. Bethard did in relief marching up and down the field against the Eagles. But th- th- I think this is right. They said this last night. Uh, 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 Singleton had played one down of defense, he's played on special teams, yeah. is what he does, went down of defense through the first three weeks, and then here, I don't know if he started last night, but was a, a high-rotation uh, you know, player, a major player, the, the, the defense last night. And by the way, that is one of three wins that the NFC East has as a division so far this year. We're a quarter of the way through. So, you know what? It doesn't matter how it comes. It matters that it came, and it did for uh, the, for Singleton and the Eagles last night. Congratulations to them. And again, very happy for him. That was great. Uh, I'll, I'll segue us back into the structure of the outline by one, making this point. We'll get in the NFL in the second hour a little bit more. It's funny to talk about Nick Mullins getting the hook so abruptly. I think that there's a assumption that young coaches are new age coaches and are not fire and brimstone crazy guy coaches. I think Kyle Shanahan might be the craziest in terms of if you don't do it right, he is so intense and such a competitor. So I think if you assume that Kyle Shanahan's from the same school as like Sean McVay, uh uh-uh. Kyle Shanahan's from the same school as his dad. Kyle Shanahan is like stone cold and you could tell he was just furious. And I mean, how could you not be furious when you're the San Francisco 49ers? So much of what's going on with them is completely out of their control. They don't have anybody. All their best players are hurt. And let's be clear, it wasn't just that. They were ahead 14-11 to 11 in that football game. Mullins throws an interception, or was he... Was it an interception or a fu- he fumbled one of the two, right. but he had a turnover on the previous possession sure. that led to the first touchdown. It wasn't a direct pick-six style deal that gave the Eagles a lead... And then he goes out and does that, and and now you're going to just have to sit. 
Uh, and, you know, you, you feel bad for him, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is professional football. I mean, it's what it is. This is not, you know. It, it is professional it football, is. but you would be hard-pressed to find a team in which the key components for what it is they do well are all missing. All of them. Yeah. You need a steady-handed, not outrageously great, but just steady-handed quarterback. They don't got him. Jimmy Garoppolo's out. To run a, they're the first team. I, they're I they're, know, they're I the know. first team, though, in NFL in the modern day NFL that's decided we're going to run a true four back system. We're having four running backs. They got one. You can't run a four back <laughs> system when you only got one. Yeah, they don't have any wide receivers. I, 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 I mean, but then you talk about their whole defense. They they blitz less than anybody in the league because they got the best D line in the league. Why? Because they got the best defensive end in the league, or at least one of, and he's out too. So I don't know. Regardless. Parlay this, though, into talk about who's shorthanded. The Philadelphia Eagles are shorthanded as well. That's and, right. And on this note, though, Carson Wentz, who people around here know well because of his uh, being an alumni of, of North Dakota State, the national narrative around Carson Wentz was that Carson Wentz has regressed significantly. Carson Wentz sucks. What's going on with the Eagles? It's Carson Wentz's fault that the Eagles suck. No. They don't have anybody for him to throw the ball to. He's been forcing it. He's thrown seven picks already this year at least entering the game last night, which ties his season total for each of the last three years. But they just don't have any weapons. The, the last year, he's the only quarterback who had 10 receivers who ran at least 50 routes for him in a game. He, he's, I mean, he's the first quarterback. That's not good news, no, people, it's if not. you're trying he, to understand. Here's, a, here's another great stat to extrapolate this out. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards in a single season without having a single receiver have 500 yards in a single season. Right? <laughs> That's what, unbelievable. What quarterback ever at any era of football <laughs> has had their top two receivers in terms of receiving yards be their top two tight ends? No one has that. Yeah. It's part of the system a little bit. Yeah. But Dallas Goddard's a good player. He's not supposed to be your second leading receiver. That's not a, a way to be successful offensively. Yeah. No, it's it's and and they're they're very banged up. I mean, it's what it is. Uh, speaking of North Dakota State, absolutely, we got to get into this because I thought this was a fascinating occurrence. Okay, so you watched this game. I did, I did not watch this game. North Dakota State played Central Arkansas, the only game of the this fall schedule for the Bison. Trey Lance, who is uh, has has arrived as a very high end NFL prospect, uh, and. He's playing the one game that he's going to play this fall, and we'll see if he sticks around for uh, the spring and next year. I I tend to think that he will. Uh, but North Dakota State, first of all, Central Arkansas has played four or five games coming into this game. I mean, they're in the middle of the heart of their season, so they have been uh, rolling, at least in terms of playing football. I don't even know what their record is. But they're a decent team, okay? And at the FCS level, I mean, they're a preseason top 15 team in the country. Preseason number 11. They were so, one of the eight-seeded teams in the playoffs a year ago. The co-Southland champs, the best team from the Southland. So, and, and so, a, a good so for that perspective, team, for people that are listening to us, they were just the, they were two seeds below the Montana Grizzlies last year mm-hmm, in the playoffs. And... And that's and that's fine. They're they're two seeds below. They're significantly below the best Big Sky teams in terms of what they are as a quality team. But they're still a, a strong FCS team. Uh, and but more importantly to me, they've been playing football. I mean, they've been doing it week in and week out. And they know what it is to take the field. NDSU is coming into this thing cold, relatively speaking. Even though we know that they have had a you know a, a two months of 
regular practicing as they've gotten ready for this game. Anyway, North Dakota State was losing this football game in the fourth quarter and then did what they do. And North Dakota State and and Trey Lance specifically came out. I think what did you tell me? He scored a fifty six yard touchdown on right running coming coming out of the break, and you know that's what NDSU had to do to kind of figure it out of the break. What the defense of uh, Central Arkansas was was working on, and they found a way to get it done. Thirty nine twenty eight was the final, and they ended up winning. I wouldn't say going away, but by by double digits, and it was a you know a decent performance in the one game of the year for the Bison. I don't want to over-exaggerate this, but I think that North Dakota State has raised their bar so high that it was not a decent performance. It was a flat, bad performance in terms of what their standard is. You have to take this under the context of, of what has actually occurred over the last nine years. North Dakota State has lost eight games in nine years. They have not lost a game since 2016. Zero losses. It's the second longest winning streak in the history of college football. By all measures, they have continued to improve their recruiting. Like right now, they have never had a receiver like Christian Watson. The kid has going to have a chance to play on Sundays. He runs like the wind. He's a freak. He's, an, I mean, six foot three, 210 pounds, and I guarantee you he runs a sub four or five. He was a state track champion in Florida. And that's one thing that I think that when Montana and Montana State are screaming and yelling and arguing and trying to lobby for getting indoor practice facilities, there's a lot of people around here that dig their heels in and say, well, Montana boys are built to play in the cold. Montana boys, well, we, they shouldn't care about practicing the cold. On one hand, that notion is largely true. I do think the fact that Jeff Choate at Montana State practices at 630 in the morning in the spring makes his team tougher. I do. But it limits who you're going to get in recruiting. I can't put words in the kid's mouth, but I can almost guarantee you Christian Watson is not going from Tampa Bay, Florida to Fargo, North Dakota, unless he knows he's not going outside. I think that North Dakota State has 20 dudes from the state of Florida. You can establish a pipeline from Florida if you can tell kids, hey, you're only going to be outside every once in a while. You're not getting a pipeline from L.A. or Tampa Bay mm-hmm. when kids are like, oh, yeah, we practice in eight-degree weather. No, not happening, not consistently. Regardless, North Dakota State, has established themselves as peerless. I've watched North Dakota State more than any other team besides Montana and Montana State and Eastern Washington over the last 10 years. I I can say that safely. I've watched them and covered them more than any other team besides the Big Three and the Big Sky. They looked so much less suffocating, and they looked like they had so much less pop on the offensive and defensive lines on Saturday than I have ever seen them look during this run of the last nine years. Again, you can say, well, Central Arkansas was playing in their fourth game that's true, but Central Arkansas looked downright awful against Missouri State a week ago, and they had to completely and utterly rally for 17 points in the fourth quarter to overcome what is usually the last-place team in the Missouri Valley Football Conference who's playing under a first-year head coach in Bobby Petrino. What I saw more than anything, though, and I, I tweeted this before I started, because I did a couple tweets during the game. I tweeted this right before the game started. I said, I'm buckled up to watch the NDSU Pro Day, or I mean North Dakota's only game of 2020. And I was a tongue-in-cheek joke, a little bit snarky, uh, to be fair. But I really did, because Matt Entz, North Dakota State's head coach, he had talked at length about how they're the only FCS program that really has guys that they're not coming back. This is their last game. Like, they have two tackles that are projected to be between third and fifth round picks. 
Those guys aren't going to wait to play in the spring. They're not going to wait to play next fall. They're done. That was it. And then you have the hype around Trey Lance. I thought North Dakota State was impervious to distractions. And I thought I, I we saw how much hype can get to people. I thought Trey Lance was not sharp and he was he was not um he was hesitant in breaking the pocket and running. I think the Central Arkansas was run, running some stuff that was crossing him up a little bit, but you have to wonder if he was making some business decisions individually as this guy's getting all this draft type. But also, though, I just thought that he you could tell he was nervous because there was 29 NFL scouts there to watch him. This is his showcase. He didn't look sharp. He rallied in the, in the second half, and he looked better. But I asked you on the show on Friday if this was Trey Lance's last game. I'll tell you this. He didn't help his draft stock whatsoever over the weekend. When it comes to Trey Lance and the draft and his draft stock, I got I, I don't think that he's going, and I don't think that he's going because there's two grade triple A number one quality quarterbacks that are coming in this draft. Right, because he and, would he would automatically be at the absolute best the third quarterback taken, which takes him outside of top ten money likely. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I just yeah. And he, he I mean he's a sophomore, his red shirt sophomore right. this year, so he's three years removed in his third year removed. But like he's got plenty of time to keep playing football at North Dakota State. As far as North Dakota State and their offensive and defensive line and the lack of pop, as you put it, and the lack of whatever, does not matter. Doesn't matter. This game does not matter. It is just a game to get more practices. It's sitting here in the in a vacuum. Talk about being in a bubble. This game is in a bubble. It is a once-off uh, showcase at best that is nothing and means nothing. And when the season resumes or whatever, when football comes back and they're actually playing, this will be a non-thought in anybody's mind whatsoever that took place on October the 3rd in, in you know against Central Arkansas. It's a great point because what makes their program so unbelievable is not necessary not even as much as they dominate within the scope of a game, which is so impressive. But it's that they ratchet their level up the last 10 minutes of the game and they always find a way to win. Always. That's why it was so stunning when they lost in Missoula. Because if it's a game that comes down to the wire, North Dakota State always finds a way to make plays. And that's not an exaggeration. They literally have done it in fourth quarter fashion against all the rest of the elite teams in the FCS over and over and over again, beating Eastern Washington Cooper Cup in overtime, rallying from 14 points down two different times against South Dakota State, beating South Dakota State in overtime. You know, all, all of the different times where they've escaped defeat. So you're right, because broadly, what has always been true remains true. They dominated the last 10 minutes of the game, and they won going away. They won by two scores. It's also hilarious looking at this box score. The whole time I was watching, I was thinking, first of all, Braylon Smith, Central Arkansas quarterback, who's an All-American a year ago, and I thought one of the best guys in the country returning, mm-hmm. he looked way better than he I've watched Central Arkansas against Austin P and Missouri State. Braylon Smith didn't look good. He looked pretty good against North Dakota State. I also thought to myself, man, they're moving the ball. Like, they're actually moving the ball here. Because literally, when you watch North Dakota State, they don't move the ball. And Troy Anderson's the only guy that I saw gain yards against North Dakota State over the last two years. That's it. Nobody else does. But it's hilarious looking at the box score because I didn't look at the final box until right now. Moving the ball, quote-unquote, against North Dakota State still only means 14 first downs, 71 rushing yards, 2.8 yards per rush, and 226 passing yards. Less than 300 yards of total offense. The 28 points is a little bit stunning because North Dakota State usually gives up about 10. Mm -hmm. But regardless, your point is absolutely true. And here's here's the reason we're talking about this, though. 
I do think that there was an outside chance that what we saw on Saturday could have been Trey Lance's last football game in North Dakota State. Mm. After what we saw, I don't think that's true. Mm. I think he'll get advice that right now he's a uh, low first-round pick, and that's not worth leaving school early if you can go and continue to develop and then maybe be a top-five period pick. We'll see. But it's just ironic that his less-than-stellar performance might actually be... Not great for the rest of the FCS. For what it's worth, okay? If I was a high-end college quarterback who was going to be drafted in the first round, and this is probably why I'm not really a competitor or whatever, you can say whatever you want, I'd much rather be drafted in the last 10 picks of the first round than the first 10. Your chances of succeeding, if you're going to a team, first of all, if you're drafting a quarterback like my idiotic Green Bay Packers are in the first round after you've been to the NFC Championship game, then you really have, you know, question marks at your GM position, but where you don't have question marks. Or not, maybe it's the most brilliant move in the history of football. uh, Yeah, yeah. You or, you can go conspiracy theory central with all the things that you want to do. Tell me the eggs are at the back of the, the the refrigerator, so that then you have to go buy the cheese, and then you got to get that too, and everything is there just to make you act and make you buy. What I'm <laughs> saying though is that that uh, what you're saying Joe, is right. Joe Burrow looks great. He does right, but Josh Rosen, right. For sure. He can be good or bad. Maybe For he's sure. bad. But you know what? He went He went the worst situation he could have possibly ended up in, yep. and it snowballed on him, and he is out in the league. He's in the CFL now, Josh Rosen. So, you know, that those are the things that happen. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Jordan Love's in a great spot, and maybe that means Trey Lance could be in a great spot if he decides, you know, that the New England Patriots with the, uh, you know, 28th pick or whatever are going to take a quarterback. It's a great point because, I mean, imagine Lamar Jackson's taking the NFL by storm. He's c- continues to just completely shred. But he's also had... The last pick in the first round, He's the right? last pick in yeah. the first round, but yeah. he also had the great fortune of going to one of the five strongest franchises in That's the right. league to That's play right. with one of the five best coaches in the league to play behind one of, if not the best offensive lines That's in the right. league. That's right. It, it, what would Mar- Lamar Jackson might just be dead. If when he it, when, when it all team. works, it works, man. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Stutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. On the other side, it was a huge week in the high school level uh, for football, and some of the results this weekend... Really, really interesting, really intriguing. We will talk about where we're at high school football in the state of Montana. Prep Extra next. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. 
Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you. It is uh, time to recap much of what we heard in the uh, sports center there, but the weekend that was at the uh, high school football level. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank is online at farmersebank.com. Bank local. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Uh, Coulter, uh, we we first of all we had two games on Thursday that were not included in well, here because they were on Thursday. First of all, let's uh, let's start with what wasn't. Yeah, like first nine and foremost, games, right? Because we had uh, nine games that were canceled over the weekend before the weekend even began, including one at the AA level, which is the first AA cancellation that we've had so far this year. Belgrade at Great Falls High is supposed to be a homecoming game for the Bison, but. Uh, no go on that one. Most of the other ones were impacting the uh, Class A, Class B, Class C levels. So much of this is because of the bus travel. Mm. More time on the bus means more time around each other, means more chances for infection, especially if somebody's contagious and or incubating or whatever COVID might hold. So, uh, for example, Florence's game this upcoming weekend, which is supposed to be played at Montana State's, at Bobcat Stadium in Bozeman against Red Lodge, not happening because of Gallatin Valley rules. They did not, Gallatin County did not want two different teams coming to their community to play. So then they were trying to lobby and, and see if it was beneficial for Florence to go all the way to Red Lodge. Well, seven and a half hours on a bus is not an ideal situation, period, let alone in the world we live in. So a lot of this has to do with travel as much as it does actually infected members. But other um, cancellations, Big Timber Fairfield was called off. Lewistown at Sydney. Glendive at Billing Central. Red Lodge at Poplar. Browning at Dillon. Cutbank at Wolf Point, Big Timber at Fairfield, and Anaconda at Missoula Loyola. So we're reaching this point now, especially in some of the Class B leagues where, Class A and Class B, honestly, where we've had some teams that have been impacted by this a lot more than other teams, and so it's making it so the standings are drastically altered. Out of whack when a team's only played two or three games compared to five or six exactly. games of other teams. Right. So it's going to be hard to get any sort of equitable results because as we continue to march on, it's not as if they're just going to have a couple weeks on the back end to play makeup games and then get in the playoffs. So I don't know what the tiebreaker is going to come down to. We're going to have to get somebody from the MHSA to tell us, you know, if one team is a, say you're a four and two team, and then there's a five and three team. How do you equate? One has one more win, but one more loss, but they played two less games. What's the determining factor? So we'll keep you posted on that. But like you said, Thursday, a couple games, uh, and we'll just tease one of them because we got our Treasure State Stars coming up after this. And I'll tell you this, spoiler alert, I just made an entire category for all the kids in the Kalispell Glacier Missoula Hellgate game because yeah. they're all going to get <laughs> they're just going to get one star here because they just completely blew the doors off the thing. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the stats that come in, came out of that game. Um, but then the other uh, big game over the weekend er, was the Billings West Billings Senior game. That's the most impactful game on the AA level. Yeah, Billings West Billings Senior and Senior was the number two team in in, in the state. They had uh, what was maybe a, an upset win, certainly a surprise to some in the first week of the season. They beat Bozeman and beat them handily again. Kenneth Iden was not playing in that game for Bozeman. He's an outstanding player. He's committed to Montana State, a defensive end, also a great tight end. They have 14 touchdowns last year offensively. So they were missing Kenneth Iden in that football game. Uh, Billing Sr. 
though was you know three and zero heading into this football game. Billings West also three and zero. Billings West had their way forty one fourteen the final score in this football game, and they were impressive to say the least in in dominating their crosstown uh, rivalry. West was as advertised. West has man just watching the highlights. We've talked a lot about the the two big defensive ends that are committed to Montana State, Neil Daly and and Paul Brott. That's going to give West a huge advantage in AA this year, especially because some of the better quarterbacks are pocket-style guys. So those guys are going to be able to get loose on the edge quite a bit. They're also really dominant in the run game. And oh, by the way, Neil Daly is pretty much halfway home to be in the first-team All-State tight end. I don't know how he's not. He's got seven touchdown catches already. He's ripping it up on offense as well. But there's a whole bunch of other talented guys at, at uh, Billings West as well. Rob Stanton's got that program back to where it was when Paul Claybo retired. They have dudes everywhere. The Taco Dollar kid is awesome, and what a great name. But he's he's tearing it up. He's so fast. He's such a, When you have a guy, I think at the double-A level, getting, getting guys the ball in the perimeter, getting them out of the backfield, that's all set good and fine. I think where the truly dynamic guys have the biggest advantage, though, in Montana, if you have elite speed, truly elite speed, is as a returner. Because you're going to get pretty good kickers and punters in Montana, actually. And a lot of times, I mean, most both the Montana schools for the big sky level, they both usually get their kickers and punters from Montana. So there's D1 guys. But if you got a if you if you give if you have a punter that can punt the ball 45 yards and you give Gabe Solser that, the speed of the coverage team doesn't reach the length of the punt and doesn't react to the speed of the returner. So therefore, that dude's going to be gone. And so you have such a chance to make game-breaking plays in the kick game, and that's where Billings West really had the edge because Dallar had a couple huge returns, and and uh, it was definitely a huge win for Billings West, a crosstown win. I think that the, the biggest win in Double A so far this year. It was a big win uh, for Butte, just as far as being zero and three, and they get off the Schneid. They're down thirteen nothing in this game. Could have folded up shop. They did not. Good for them. Twenty thirteen win over Helena Capital. Helena Capital is also now one and three after that loss they face big sky this week big sky is also one and three called the crosstown rivalry on friday night in the city of missoula and sentinel who is the number one team in class double a didn't do anything to change that ranking of 42 7 win uh it was a 14 point game at the half big sky yeah. give them credit they really kind of slowed down they had a couple turnovers and still held sentinel to just 14 points in the first half but uh they came out gangbusters out of the break to the Sentinel Spartans. A couple of touchdowns by Camden Certain. One, another one by Dayton Bay in the third quarter. Uh, uh, of course, Colton Janicaro had his you know, a requisite score in the football game. He's always going to be the guy to do it, but, you know, just overmatched in terms of just the total bodies, which, by the way, so has everybody, Ben, when they've played Sentinel. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, this might be the closest game Sentinel has played this year, 42-7. Right. Very, very close to it anyways. So uh, Sentinel, but again, asserting themselves, they are, of course, 4-0. It'd be interesting to see if Matt Johnson's Big Sky Eagles can turn the corner here now, though, because talking about battle-tested, Sentinel has not played Helena. They have not played Glacier. That's right. Big Sky is arguably one of their better wins, in fact. I mean, that that's the first time they beat a team that had a win because Sentinel, they, blew, they blasted Flathead. Yep. Uh, they blasted Capital, and they beat Butte. And I guess Capital had a one win. Uh, they have one win on their schedule right now. But the cumulative records of the Spartans' opponents so far not good. is not great. Yeah. Whereas Big Sky has already played Helena, Glacier, and Sentinel. Mm-hmm. A loss is a loss is a loss is a loss. But 
Those teams are like nine and zero or twelve and zero collectively. That's what right I'm now. saying. Yeah. They're not going to play anybody better. They've already played yeah. all the best teams in the West. So you yeah. wonder if they have a chance to really turn the corner. And Sentinel, I think it's great that they've been able to uh, keep the loads uh, of their star guys down, especially on offense in terms of the amount of touches they're getting. Yeah. I just wonder when you've put, been playing for a month though, and you haven't had a true test. What's going to happen when you do? I think this Sentinel group is special. I think they're going to be able to respond even yeah. in that scenario, but they have not had that test yet as uh, everybody else in the top five or six of the state has. If I was if I was Sentinel or any team like that, and we've talked about, I mean, this double-A this year, it really is uh, the, the haves and the have-nots. I mean, the top teams are really, really good, and then there's everybody else, and that's really how it sets up. There's not a lot of sort of middle-of-the-road teams that, that you know, can give you a look or maybe jump up there and, and, and create an upset situation. That's that said, if I was any of those teams, I would be excited about playing a football game that was going to be competitive, that was going to be a game in the fourth quarter that was going to come down to it. And you know what? I mean, frankly, 42-7, you look at it at the end, you go, okay. But 14 nothing at halftime, that is a game. That's a real football game that you got to go into the break. This thing's not over. Nobody's rolling anywhere. You got to sit there and you got to, you know, make the adjustments that you need to make and come out with, you know, intensity and preparation and all of that. And Sentinel clearly was able to do it and give them credit. But I'm with, I, I'm with you. It will be interesting to see how they respond when they are pushed. It'll also be. I think so, uh, uh, welcome certainly for the coaching staff. You know that that Coach Oliver and the rest of of the staff, you know, wants and and needs those those kids to be in those sorts of games because when you you don't want to just show up at the state tournament all of a sudden, you know, you don't know what it's like to to have a game come down to the last couple of possessions because that's where it gets a little bit mm, tense. So uh, there we're at for uh, for Sentinel at Class A Coulter. The uh, Laurel Locomotives, they rolled past Butte Central 41-14. Or excuse me, Libby beat Butte Central 41-14. Laurel they beat Harden. Harden. Laurel beat Harden 59 nothing. Yep. But uh, Miles City, defending champion 55-12. Hamilton, they're 6-0. They're the number one team in Class A, 35-7. But the game of the weekend, both in terms of competitiveness and probably in, in terms of import and importance, was that of Frenchtown playing Polson, who are two really good teams that are just below the top, top tier in Class A, playing each other to really kind of have a point of separation, especially in a shrunken playoff uh, picture in terms of number of teams going. And Frenchtown, give them a ton of credit, a shootout, 100 points put up in this football game, 102 to be exact, 56-46, though they got it done. And Polson quarterback Jarrett Wilson threw for 400 yards of course yet did. again. That's the third time this year. To put this in perspective, there's only happened five times in the history of Class A. Ever. This dude's done it three times in one season. He's a yeah. sophomore. <laughs> System is a part of it, but that's amazing. Yeah. But great win by Frenchtown. And you could tell in the quotes, Frank Gogo, a great coverage. And by the way, shout out to the Missoulian guys, Jordan Hansen, Frank Gogo. They're doing a great job. They are. Covering prep sports. I'm loving it. I'm loving reading their stories. I think that they're they're really they're doing a phenomenal job. Everybody across 406 MT Sports, good job. You're, you're killing it on the preps coverage. But uh, you could tell in Frank's story, the quotes from the kids, you could tell internally they're talking about we can't lose again. Mm. We lost to Hamilton. We lost to Dylan. We if we want to make the playoffs, we got to win. It's winning in. It's not if you don't, you don't. Yeah. That's the biggest win for Frenchtown of the year. That's a great win by Frenchtown, yeah. and they keep their playoff resume uh, at least fortified and, and alive. Playoff hopes alive. Uh, earlier this year, Florence lost one football game in overtime. Who they lose to? Coulter. Who'd Manhattan. To Manhattan. That's right. Who is right now undefeated in the number one team in the state? They lost that game in overtime, twenty six twenty, I believe, was the final score. Thirty five twenty nine. They beat Big Fork, 
already this year. 35-29, thank you. Yeah, it was, they, were, they went for it on fourth down inside their own 10 and got stopped, and Manhattan was able to answer. They, they beat Big Fork this year, though, and uh, they went on the road to play Eureka. Eureka has won three of the last four state championships. Now, Florence has not traditionally been a team that has been a Class B power. They have had some seasons where they've been good. They, went, they were in the playoffs last year, even won a, a game in the playoffs last year. But historically, they're kind of the... You know, it's them and Loyola, and that's usually their biggest game of the year in terms of, you know, the rivalry and that because, you know, they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team. This team is the real deal and is absolutely in the conversation for being the best team in the state. I mean, it's certainly going to be Manhattan at this point. They lost the head-to-head. That's what it is. They go to Eureka, and they won 35-20. I don't know that you'd say dominant, but it was a a a, uh, a convincing win, 15 points over a team that is just – Outstanding. I mean, there's a real program up there, the Eureka Lions. This Florence team is is great. And again, we will have uh, uh, Pat Duchesne, the head coach of the Florence Falcons, on with us tomorrow. But a huge win for Florence. And I think maybe not to them internally, but outside, that's a statement win. No question. They've been doing a great job building that program up. And they have phenomenal athletes. They're going to be fun to watch. They, they play a distinctly different style than the traditional Class B powers. Fairfield... Right outside Great Falls, on the Air Force Base, they've always been tough as nails because that's just the type of kid that they continue to get in their program. Almost all their parents are working in the military. So Fairfield, it's no mistake why they've had the identity that they've had. Manhattan, it's a ranching town. All the kids look like ranching kids. That's what they are. The Manhattan Tigers have always been that blue-collar type team. Eureka, they got the toughness. You know, Coal Strip, same thing. And so... uh, it's cool to see a team in the bitter redefine themselves. We know Hamilton's kind of been the epicenter. When they're good, they're good. When they're not, they're not. But they're back to being really good. But Florence has kind of been swallowed up because they're not they're not in Class A with the rest of the Bitterroot schools. They're almost a bedroom community of Missoula, but not quite. And it's not like when you just go to Manhattan, Montana, and you feel like you're in this little town that's by itself. I know it's 20 miles from Bozeman, but it's distinctly its own little town. You go to Eureka, you're in your own little town. Same thing with almost all the Class B towns, whereas Forest is just kind of like on the way to Hamilton or mm-hmm. just outside of Missoula. It's not its own little thing, but they're redefining that. I think Pat Duchesne and his crew are doing a great job. And so we'll hear more from Pat Duchesne because it was a great interview, and uh, that'll be our Coach's Corner uh, tomorrow. That is our prep extra segment. Again, it's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, bank local. You're Montana Bank since 1907. Quick break. We've told you about the teams and the results there kind of lay the land, the uh, high school level when you talk about uh, uh, where we're at for the different classifications, but who individually was great and stood out. Coulter brings you his Treasure State Stars next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more.
We know where we're at with the football teams at the high school level, but who individually was great this weekend? And there were some performances that were, well, pretty unmatchable, seems like. It's time for our Treasure State Stars. It is uh, Coulter's opportunity to tell you about all the boys out there running around, scoring touchdowns, making plays, throwing for pass yards, or maybe even stopping those things from happening, depending on the case. Coulter, every every Monday, your five Trevor State stars, we rip through them. Let's hear it. We got to rip today because we got a lot of guys to get to. There was a lot of impressive performances. I, say, I would say if you liked defense, this was a terrible week for you. <laughs> this is the greatest week of offensive performances. I would argue in the time I've covered high school sports in Montana, mm-hmm. I've never seen this array. Usually it's like, that's what's so crazy is even we'll lead with Leo Filardi, who's a sophomore wide receiver at Missoula Hellgate. Yep. Even with the unbelievable day he had, he still had to share some of the spotlight because of so many of the other unbelievable days. But Leo Filardi, he caught 12 passes for 348 Phenomenal. yards Phenomenal. for the Knights. The 348 yards, it breaks the previous 11-man record in Montana set by Whitehall's Andrew Simon in 2005. Breaks it by a full 41 yards. Previous record, 308 yards. Man. Unbelievable. Great performance by Leo Filardi. I mean, talk about a welcome to the scene moment. I I didn't really know who the kid was. I mean, he's only a sophomore. He's only been playing varsity for a month. Right. And he has this type of day. I mean, he was quoted in the Missoulian by saying, I, I can't even really tell you what this was like because I didn't have this on the sheet of goals. I didn't really think I was going <laughs> to, you know, go catch 350 yards of the passes in my first year as a varsity starter. But that was matched, and I'm not going to say overshadowed by, but more impactfully in Hellgate did not win this game. It was a, a 54-36 game by the time this is all said and done. Glacier comes out with the victory, and that was on the broad shoulders of Jake Randina, yes. who's a kid whose stock is rising rapidly. rapidly. He's, he's a junior at Kalispell Glacier, came into the game, leading the state in touchdowns, and uh, he did nothing but completely and utterly add to that. 34 carries, 275 yards, seven touchdowns. That's, Hello. A third, that's the third most in the history of the state of Montana, all class. We're still working on tracking down the 11-man record because it sounds as if there's not a, a record from 2018 forward, but Anthony Knockrander, who's the voice of the Kalispell Braves, he says that Blake Count scored eight touchdowns in a game a couple years back. So we'll see if that can get fortified and be actually added to the official record. But as of right now, regardless, seven touchdowns in a single game, one of the greatest rushing performances ever. Dante Maiuri, who's Hellgate's quarterback, We've talked to him with Mick. We talked about him with Mick Morris a little bit, but for people that don't know this backstory, the kid was a transfer from Tri Cities Prep in Washington. He was an All State quarterback two years in a row. He's a three star rated guy on twenty four seven Sports. He comes here to play his senior year, and he's got Helgate doing a whole bunch of different stuff offensively. They're not the old, you know, Veer option Jeff Zorn three yards in a cloud of dust nights that was around forever. They're throwing the ball over the yard. He was 23 for 53, 447 yards, 348 of those was to uh, Leo Filardi, and he throws four touchdowns. Ian Finch, he has the quote-unquote worst offensive day of all these guys. He had nine catches for 117 yards. Come on, Ian. An unbelievable unbelievable, uh, offensive game on both sides. I I thought Mick Morris's quote was great. He said... We lost, but how much fun was that? He said, "I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna hate on anything. Like this was kids just doing Playing it, ball. and we were happy to to be a part of it." Treasure State star number two, Robert Crosby. He rushed 17 times for 274 yards and five touchdowns. He also added an interception return for a touchdown, and that helped Victor snap a 16-game losing streak. They downed Troy 70 to 52. 
the Pirates' first win since they beat Plains back in October of 2018. So great job by the Victor Pirates. They get off the schneid. Robert Crosby, an outstanding performance, 275 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Treasure State star number three. Taco Dowler from Billings West. He's a junior. He's an outstanding kick returner. He had a 59-yard kick return that set up a touchdown. He had another 59-yard catch that set up a touchdown. And then he caught a touchdown as well. Six catches, 175 yards, and a score to lead Billings West to a 41-14 win over Billings Senior. Treasure State star number Number four. four. Tell Arthur from Frenchtown. Um Ryan Nelson, head coach of Frenchtown, he said on our show last week that Arthur is one of, if not the best linebackers he's ever coached. Arthur, because of his heavy load on both defense and special teams, entered this week not getting very many carries. I think he had 16 carries on the season. Yeah. Well, he had uh, 23 carries for 168 yards and four touchdowns, including three in the last 13 minutes of the game and two in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter to lift Frenchtown to a 56-46 win. So those touchdowns, absolutely pivotal. He was quoted after the game saying, every game right now is win or go home. That's the way we're treating it. You can't take a snap off. you got to keep pushing through. French Town pushes through with that huge win over Polson. Treasure State star number five. This kid still, I still think this kid might be the best player in the state of Montana. And I think a lot of people think this Uh-oh. as well. Kenneth Thiden made his much-anticipated return. He's been really nursing this ankle injury. He suffered fishing this last year. But he's the reigning Class AA MVP at Bozeman High School, a defensive end. But you'll love this story, guys. Let's hear it. Levi Weshi. So right now in high school football in Montana, most places, most coaches are only sending one guy to the to the center for the coin toss. Yeah. To limit, you know, okay. contact. Okay. So he says, Kenneth, you know, first game back, you're you're the captain. Go for the coin toss. So Bozeman wins the coin toss. Iden says we defer because he knows he's not going to get any offensive snaps. He's only getting defensive snaps. He wants to play defense. <laughs> yeah. So then. He makes this decision on his own. So then the coach is like, okay, well, I guess we're on defense first, and. Ide goes out and gets a sack on the very first play of the game against CMR. Wait for this stat line. Let's hear it. His first game back, Iden has seven tackles, all seven of them behind the line of scrimmage, three sacks. <laughs> oh, the man. kid had 41 tackles for loss last year, and now he's on pace. Even though he's already missed half the year, he's going to threaten that already anyways. <laughs> he lives in the backfield. I thought it was just look watching the highlights. I mean, man, he's just so strong and explosive. He's not yeah. that tall. But, man, he's got pop. He's got such a killer motor, and he just abuses people in the background. So, Kenneth Dyden from Bozeman, our fifth Treasure State star. Thank you, Coulter. Hour one of the books, hour two straight ahead. Monday Night Football starts right now. Oddly enough, on CBS, the postponed game, game delayed by one day. Chiefs-Patriots right now. Coulter, the Chiefs are favored in this game. Well, how much do you think they're favored by over the New England Patriots? 11 and a half points. 12 now that, that I moved? see it. Up to 12. Yikes. Boys and girls, hour two, NFL next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 